Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Well, all right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Liquid Church. I'm Pastor Tom, and uh, we are in the home stretch of this spring series, We Love. This is a series all about the things and the people that we love as a church. And after yesterday's incredible outreach right here in Morristown, I think it's pretty much safe to say that we love serving. Amen? Amen. Good stuff. Awesome. You know, Scripture is absolutely clear. It says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to, what's the word? Serve. Exactly. Yes, you see, we love serving because Jesus loves serving. I mean, if you think about it, that's what his whole life was about. It was about serving you. It was about serving me. And that's exactly what we did together as a church yesterday and the day before. Speaking of which, can we give a big hand to all the folks who served as the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to our neighbors at the Eric Johnson House New Jersey AIDS Services? Amazing. Amazing, guys. Amazing. You know, in fact, if you were part of that outreach, you should, you should just feel so, so not just proud of yourselves, but just so thankful to God and what he's doing. Because you need to remember, okay, you need to remember what everyone that was at their, you know, their Friday and Saturday already knows in their heart. And that is this. The Christian faith is not just about what you know. It's also about what you do. Faith in action. That's what Christianity is about. And let me tell you something. There was a whole lot of faith in action this past weekend, okay? More specifically, you need to know your church rallied together hundreds of people, close to 300 people for a total of over 900 and 51 man hours, okay, people hours. Into, they, they poured all of that into radically renovating One, a transition two, three, facility for homeless folks with HIV. About I found a new place to go Made up my mind and so I'm leaving today Can we do it together? You don't need no fancy Looked a lot better than this, okay? Uh, they put in 200 feet of molding in there They combined and painted everything throughout They cleaned out the basement, the garage They even mowed the lawn at 7 o'clock at night Okay, they put new washers and dryers I see some of these Some of the ladies just I elbowed them in I understand, okay? Dance with kings and queens and stuff But it would be better If we did it together You and me Like the sun and the sea And it won't be They won't want to create history I travel the world and see Nothing could ever be Like being with you Together forever Come on, guys. Let's give everyone a big hand. Let's give God a big hand. Awesome. Awesome, awesome stuff. 
especially, let's give a big hand to our lead volunteer team. Guys, right over here, all right? I'm talking about Todd, I'm talking about Raphael, I'm talking about Ron over there, I'm talking about Jen and Jackie. Just an amazing, amazing team. And you know something? Here's, here's the deal. One of my favorite stories is this, right? After it was all said and done yesterday, uh, you know, the, most of the volunteers had gone home. Most of the staff had gone home. These crazy, you need to know, your lead volunteer team here, these crazy guys, along with maybe a handful of other volunteers, they were there at 11 o'clock at night, past 11 o'clock at night. I go strolling in there at 10.40 p.m., and uh, we guys, uh, we're just like, okay, we're going to have like a frozen yogurt break. And, you know, we just, you know, just eating up this frozen yogurt. Here's the deal. In one of the living rooms that was renovated, there was one of the residents there. And, you know, there was this ruckus going on in the dining room. We're having our frozen yogurt and everything like that. But she was just sitting there just quietly. Like, we invited her to come in. She didn't want to come in. She was just sitting there quietly, and she was just thanking God. Her eyes were welling up. She was just back there in the corner looking at the window treatments, looking at the molding, looking at the painting. And we just got into this conversation. And she's like, you know what? I know, I know that God loves me because of what you guys did. That made it so worth it, guys. That made it worth it, didn't it? Amen. That's incredible, guys. That is incredible. Folks, please don't miss this. That's nothing short of miraculous. That is headline stuff, okay? It's headline material. Normal people just don't do that. They don't think that way. Normal people just care about themselves and their own little worlds and what's going on with their schedules, their own little lives. So when you tell me, that hundreds of people woke up on a long Memorial Day weekend, that they woke up actually early to, to paint and to spackle, uh, to fix things for folks who, who consider themselves largely, you know, the least and the last and the lost. Guys, I have trouble mowing my own lawn during the weekend. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you, this was absolutely miraculous. And, and I got I to gotta believe it brings a smile to our big daddy's face, right? And, and that's what makes me think of this passage that I want to share with you this morning because in this passage is also something miraculous as well. In fact, some of you Bible nerds, you're going to love this. You're going to really appreciate this because what we're about to get into here is the only miracle, it is the only miracle in the Bible outside of the resurrection that is included in all four gospels. I'm talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See, this is the only miracle that is included in all four Gospels. It's pretty interesting, right? So turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14, found on page 680. And let's take a look at this miracle where Jesus actually serves. He serves this swarming crowd of hungry people. And as you turn there, you need to ask yourself, ask yourself this question. Why is that? Why is it that this is the only miracle? It is the only miracle outside of the resurrection in all four of the Gospels. And why? Why is it about serving? I mean, why would that one miracle be about serving? You, you figure it should be about healing, or maybe it should be about, uh, you know, about living a good life, or, or maybe it should be about salvation or something like that. Why is the only miracle in the Bible that's in all four Gospels outside of the resurrection, why, why is it about serving? Answer, because there's something foundational about serving for the believer 
that is absolutely crucial. There's something about the aspect of serving that is as important as the resurrection of Jesus Christ himself. In other words, of all the, of all the miracles Jesus performed, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all unanimously agreed, do not miss this one. Guys, this is a non-negotiable. I'm going to write it. I'm going to write it. I'm going to write about it. I'm going to write about it. All four of them said that. This is a game changer. Serving is crucial for every single believer. And check this out. Listen to me now. Each one of those authors highlights something unique in their passage. So you ready? Look with me at Matthew 14, 14. It says this. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Verse 15. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. (laughs) It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. Let's read this together. Let's read the sentence. What does Jesus say? You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. We need to stop right here. We need to stop right here. You know why I love this? These disciples, they're just like me and you. They're exactly like us. Let me put it to you this way, okay? Folks, what is the number one objection? What is the number one reason everybody in this room has not to serve? This is a passage about serving. I'm asking you, what is your number one objection to serving, especially as we live here in this frenetic, stressful, just busy, fast-paced Northeast, right? What is your number one objection? I don't have enough. Oh, time. Yes, exactly. And the disciples, disciples were absolutely exactly on the same page with us. Like all of us, they had a limited amount of time and resources. Just look at the passage again. Look at the passage. Jesus is there. He's with this large crowd. He has compassion on them. He wants to minister to them. He wants to love on them. He wants to heal their sick and minister, right? But then the disciples, what are the disciples like? They're like, oh, yo, whoa, 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 whoa. Jesus, Jesus, hold on a second. It's getting kind of late here. Oh, we we don't have much time. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, limited resources, right? And it's already getting late, limited time. So you know what, Jesus? Go tell everyone to go home and and fend for themselves. They're like, you know what? Jesus, we already healed them. We already ministered to them. We got to feed them now too? Come on. Yet what was Jesus' response? This is kind of funny. Verse 16 says, they don't need to go away. You, you give them something to eat. Ugh, slave driver this Jesus is. I mean, what happened to the compassionate, caring Jesus, meek and mild? Doesn't he understand my situation? Doesn't he know how busy I am? Oh, I know, I know. Maybe, maybe he just forgot. Maybe he just really doesn't know the message. Maybe I should remind him. Um, excuse me, Mr. Lord and Savior, Your Majesty, Highness, kind sir. We have here only five loaves of bread. I don't know if you know that. We only have here two fish. In other words, disciples are like, yo, we're out of bagels here, okay? Panera's closed. 
How can you possibly ask me to serve? I got nothing in the tank. Does this sound familiar? Say amen. Right? By the way, guys, no guilt here whatsoever. <laughs> in fact, I spots it because I gots it, okay? I understand exactly where everyone is, okay? We are all in the same boat. I mean, our lead volunteer team, right over here, scattered pepper throughout here, okay? You got guys on this lead volunteer team that work 50, 60 plus hours a week. Some of them, one of them even goes to school at night, okay? Uh, th these are parents. They got crazy kids, okay? I know. That, uh, just, uh, believe me, I know. Their kids are all over the place, just like mine. They got jobs. They got things to do. One family's in the middle of this crazy move. Bottom line, bottom line, each one of them has legitimate obstacles. Each one of them could have said, no, 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 I got too much going on. Each one of them has a limited amount of time and resources. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes on Sundays, you feel this way too. I know it, right? It feels like you don't even have time to eat. I had this one lady come up to me one Sunday. and She's like, listen, pastor, don't give me that look. You don't understand, right? I don't know what I was doing or looking at her like, but I, she just got on me, right? She's like, you know what I'm saying? If I can skid into the parking lot, okay, throw my little kids into liquid kids, inject some coffee into my veins on my way up those stairs, and there's a lot of them, by the way, if I can get up to service by the second or third worship song and then bolt right out of here after the last amen, pick up those same kids, throw them into the minivan, drive to Wendy's, go through the drive-thru, shove food down their mouths, and get them to soccer, basketball, softball, and that birthday party for the kid they don't even really like. If I can get that, that is a huge freaking win. So back off. <laughs> Folks, that was coming from my own wife. <laughs> so yeah. Okay, I get it. I totally get it. There's no guilt here. As a matter of fact, everybody look at your pen. What does your pen say? What does your pen say? Faith is a journey, not a? Guilt. Amen. Amen. In fact, the aspect I love most from the Gospel of Mark, talking about this same exact situation, is the little bit of detail that he adds. He adds this little portion here. He says, then because so many people were coming and going, they, the disciples, did not even have a chance to eat. Your scripture says that. See, guys, I get it. The Bible gets it. God gets it. We all have limited amounts of time and resources. There were times when Jesus' own disciples, the guys that slept with Jesus and walked with Jesus and ate with Jesus, there were times where ministry got so intense. There are seasons where it gets so intense that they didn't even have a chance to eat. See, we all see the obstacles to serving. We know them all, limited times and resources, right? But God, God sees something so different. He sees the opportunity. He sees the opportunity. Bring them here, he said to me. He said to them, just, just, just go ahead. Give me what you got. Just whatever you have, just bring it over here, okay? Give me those five loaves. Give me those two fish. 
And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he came to the disciples and the disciples gave, uh, gave them to the people. Verse 20, they all ate. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. Guys, guys, talk about miracles. Jesus took five of these. Jesus took five loaves and two pieces of fish, and he fed about 5,000 people. What your scriptures don't, oh, it doesn't say is this. For every man that was there, there was probably a woman. For every woman that was there, there was probably a child. In total, if you, if you count it all up, we're actually talking about 10 to 15,000 people. 10 to 15,000 people that were fed with five of these and two fish. See, folks? We see the overwhelming obstacles. Oh, I don't have enough. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, my, my, my tank is empty. I've got no time. I've got no energy. I am spent. I don't have enough of this. But when God's in the picture, do you know what he sees? He sees abundant, overflowing opportunity. He just wants to use what you already have right in your hands today. He never asks for more. And you know something? Can I be totally honest here? Can I be, just be totally real here for a second? I need you to please hear my heart, okay? Give me the benefit of the doubt here. Remember, there's no guilt, there's no guilt. Just hear my heart, please, as, a, as your campus pastor. Understand this, folks. It takes faith. It takes faith to serve God more and ourselves less. Am I allowed to say that to you? Would, you? would you permit me to speak that little bit of truth into your life? In fact, if it helps you swallow it easier, I preach that to myself every day. In fact, I love the words of the Apostle John. He puts it this way. He must become greater. I must become what? Less. He must become greater. I must become less. What does that mean for you? What does that mean for you? He must become greater. I must become less. What, what does that mean for you and your resources and your time, your talents? I mean, what, what has God already put? Already put in your hands. We're not asking for more, but what has he already put there? You see, even with all their obstacles, being in a remote place, the sun starting to set, limited resources, a bag full of groceries, Jesus saw the opportunity to meet one of the most basic needs ever, food, food. And he said, you know what? Listen, guys, relax. Do you forget who I am? I, would you just for a second have enough faith in me to believe that I've got it under control? You can, would you, would you just for a second, just stop focusing on the obstacles because I want to use you for a God-sized opportunity right now. And you need to serve. You need to serve. They don't need to go away. You, you give them something to eat. So folks, what's God put in your hand already? Because guys, let's not forget, okay? As soon as they made that switch, right? Bam. 
from obstacles to opportunities, God blessed every single one of them, including the disciples, big time in an overflowing sort of way. There was plenty to spare. Verse 20 says, they all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. So, folks, I need to ask you, what God-sized opportunities are you actually missing? What God-sized opportunities are you actually missing today because all you're focused on are very plain and ordinary obstacles? What are you missing because of that? You're like, you know what? I can't even feed myself. I don't even have enough time. How can I possibly serve others? And so you actually missed out on the miracles of faith. See, guys, I get it. I get it, okay? Yesterday's outreach, it was like the Super Bowl, right? It was like the Super Bowl of God-sized opportunities, right? I mean, it was, it was like one of these, right? The whole loaf, right? That's what it felt like. I woke up this morning, I had like this spiritual hangover. I know many of you did as well, right? It was just amazing. But did you, did you know we actually have these God-sized opportunities every single week here at Liquid? In fact, there are men and women, even children, even kids, with crazy busy schedules, folks who have every reason to say, no, 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 I, I don't have enough. I, I don't have enough. I'm just, I'm so spent. I got too many obstacles in my life right now. I can't possibly serve. Yeah. And you, so yet you want to talk about miracles? These are some of the very same folks that have all these obstacles who somehow they still hear Jesus calling. They still hear the voice of Jesus saying, no, 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 no. You, I want you to give them something to eat. And here's the deal. The reality is you and I, some of us, we have children. Our children actually benefit because of their service every week. Doesn't matter what they do Monday through Friday. By the time Sunday rolls around, some of these people here, okay, some of our volunteers, they put on these capes, okay? And they become supernatural heroes. They seize the opportunity for God's glory and our benefit. Guys, these are heroes who break and multiply bread right here at Liquid every week. My name is Carlos, and this is what I do Monday through Friday, big trucks. This is what I do on Sundays. We are the Ellison family. This is what we do Monday through Friday. Stole a key. Took a car downtown where the lost boys meet. Took a car downtown and took what the Hey, I'm Devin Swanson, and this is what I do Monday through Friday. 
And this is what I do on Sunday. Amazing. Weapons of mass destruction Monday through Friday and playing with our kids on Sunday. Awesome. As a matter of fact, yeah, let's give our big breadwinners right here at Liquid Church a big hand. Awesome, awesome stuff. In fact, if you're someone here, if you are someone here right now at Liquid Church and you serve, let's, let's call it maybe once a month. If you serve here once a month, whether you're a greeter, maybe you serve down in Liquid Kids or Infuse, maybe you're a life group leader, maybe you're a marriage mentor, maybe, maybe you lead a life class, maybe you're on the worship band, anything like that. If you're maybe on the media table, whatever it is, if you serve in some capacity right here at Liquid Church at least once a month, can I please? Can I please ask you to stand right now? Can I just go ahead? Just stand right now. If, you're, if you serve. Hey, folks, let's give these guys a big hand, okay? <laughs> keep standing. Keep standing. Keep standing. These guys serve us every week, every single week. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much. So much, guys. This is absolutely incredible. You are incredible, okay? We benefit. We benefit from your service. In fact, this is going to blow your mind. I love doing stuff like this. You're going to think I'm a little bit nerdy, but anyways, whatever. Um, I actually calculated the number of volunteers and the number of man hours or people hours, okay, that it takes just so that one person, just so that one person, any one of you right here sitting right, right now in these seats, I calculated the number of man hours and the number of volunteers it takes just so that one person can sit in one of the chairs you're sitting in right now for 75 minutes every Sunday and draw closer to God. Again, this is not a guilt thing, but I just wanted, I wanted to show you the appreciation here, okay? Again, no guilt, but do you want to guess? Do you care to take a guess at how many volunteers, how many people hours do you think it takes every Sunday so that you can sit in that comfy chair and be fed. How many hours do you think it takes? How many volunteers? 10? 20? 25? 25 volunteers? How many man hours? 5, 6, 7, 10, 12 a week? Answer? This is very modest. This is a very modest calculation. It takes no less than 94 volunteers a total of 188 hours every week so that you and I can sit in that chair and be fed. And guys, that doesn't even, I don't know why I'm getting emotional, but that doesn't even include liquid kids. That doesn't even include anything that happens during the week like life groups. If it did, those numbers would easily double and triple. That is crazy, right? Again, guys, there is no guilt. Hear my heart. We do not do guilt. I have learned very early on in life, guilt as a motivator sucks. Okay? I grew up in the church. I don't know if you know, I'm Asian, okay? I understand the guilt thing. It's terrible. So this is not about guilt, but it is about 
opportunities. There are tons of opportunities here, right here in your church every single Sunday to advance the kingdom of God, to build your spiritual muscles, to draw closer to your Lord and Savior. In fact, to be totally honest, again, hear my heart here, your campus pastor. There is one thing. I got to be honest with you. I got to be real. I'm just going to lay it all on the table. There's one thing that absolutely makes me cringe about these big outreaches. There's one thing and one thing only. They're great. They're a tremendous blessing. We all know that. We just saw that. We, we, we evidence that. We witness that. But there is one thing that absolutely makes me cringe about these big events, about these spiritual Super Bowls, and that's the fact that sometimes, sometimes, folks, they, they sign up for these big events and they get all juiced up. They're drinking that Jesus juice. Yeah, woohoo! we're going to serve. Yeah, baby. And they come to the big event and, and they serve for like two, three hours. And then afterwards, it's like, woo, wow, that was fun. I had my fill. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I served. I, I used those muscles for Jesus, all that stuff. Oh, man, when's the next one? Next year? Okay, I'll see you then. Right? Now, I know that that's, that's none of you here. That's just the person sitting next to you. I, I get that, okay, all right? Just, just, but the reality is, just because, just because the big event, the big game is over, that doesn't mean that we're somehow in the off-season. In fact, you need to understand, in Jesus' playbook, okay, in Jesus' playbook, there is no off-season. As a matter of fact, the needs on Sunday after a big event, are actually, they actually spike up. Because you know why? Because now all of a sudden that girl that I'm speaking to in the living room yesterday, now all of a sudden she's interested in church. And people start hearing about, hey, did you hear about that church that they like did this like a tie, you know, tie penitent like, you know, extreme makeover thing at that AIDS place. I thought like, I thought like religion and, and God and AIDS and homosexual, they, I, I, I thought they didn't get along. I mean, this place is different. I got to go check it out. Which is why I love what the gospel of Luke adds to this picture. This is the last passage. He shows us something that the other passages didn't about the same exact situation. In fact, in the passage right before Jesus feeds the 5,000, the gospel of Luke actually tells us this. Luke chapter 9 verse 1 says, When Jesus had the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. In other words, Christ right here, right before the feeding of the 5,000, what does he do? He empowers the disciples. He empowers, them, he empowers them and he gives them authority, he gives them power, and he says, go out there and do the stuff, man, do the stuff. Cast out the demons, heal the sick, preach the gospel, all this stuff. And this was miraculous. You guys, you need to understand, this was their big outreach. What we had Friday and Saturday for the disciples back then, this was it. This was their spiritual Super Bowl. Jesus was saying, you know what, get out of the bleachers and into the game. So you know what happened? They went out and went from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. Just, just guys, just think about this, man. Think about this. Guys, we renovated a home. We renovated a home for those with AIDS, and that was amazing. But can you imagine healing a person with AIDS? Because that's effectually what these disciples actually did. That's what they did. I mean, can't can you just imagine we're on a spiritual high right now? What was the high like for them, right? Peter must have been chest bumping Luke, you know? 
pouring Gatorade all over him. Matthew, I could just see Matthew like slamming the Torah. Yeah, we did it, yeah! Jesus over there on the side, just kind of shaking his head. Oh, jeez, oh my goodness. You know, um, guys, you know, that's, that's great. That, I love that you love the big stuff. Praise me. But uh, <laughs> would you be willing, guys, disciples of mine, would you be willing to extend your serve in the small, tiny ways, in the less glamorous ways? I realize, guys, I realize it's not the Super Bowl. I get that. But would you be willing to maybe serve a snack to one of my children? Would you be willing to do that? See, that's what Jesus is inviting you to, to extend your serve on Sundays and serve here in the smallest of ways regularly right here at your church, Liquid Church. Feed the little ones at Liquid Kids. Move mountains. We call them road cases. Move mountains in faith. And I, I get it. Even the disciples were resistant in their hearts at first as well, okay? In, in, in the last gospel, John says this. Uh, Philip answered him, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Again, obstacles, right? Uh, verse 8, another of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's uh, brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? But... But you guys, you know the rest, right? The rest is history, right? See, folks, don't miss this. You can't miss this part right here in in John. A little boy, a kid, a small child with five bagels and two sardines was all that Jesus needed. See, some of you, your last obstacle, objection, really. You, You have an objection, Your last objection, your last obstacle to extending your serve from from the big outreach to to the everyday small stuff on Sundays, the Sunday experience, your last obstacle is this issue of ability. You feel like, ah, I I, I don't know anything about cameras. Oh, I don't know enough Bible. I I just, I I haven't, I I, I couldn't possibly, you know, read a Bible story to the kids. I I don't know enough. Pastor Tom, you don't understand. I I don't know what a Cat 5 wire is. If it hit me in the head, I would have no idea. That's okay. I don't either, okay? But you see, you see, what that little boy with some bagels and sardines shows all of us is that the opportunity to serve God and be used by him isn't about ability. It's all about availability. It's all about availability. Will you simply make yourself available with whatever you have, wherever you are, however small or large, it doesn't matter. Because you know what, guys? Just like my friends, the Ellison family, okay, they got five kids. I thought I had it tough with three kids. They have one, two, three, four, five. It's practically the Brady Bunch, okay? It's just, just think about five kids. My wife and I, our kids, we've been invited over their house. We've had dinner with them. Okay, so I've seen firsthand. I know that the Ellison family, they are busy. Okay, it goes without saying. Yet somehow, somehow they make themselves available week after week after week to serve. They make themselves available to serve Jesus 
by serving Jesus' children like you and me because they see the God-sized opportunity and they're like, you know what? Forget the obstacles. There's too big of an opportunity here. Guys, I need to share with you, again, from my heart, we are indebted to people like that. They have five kids. We are so indebted. They actually serve us. I mean, every time I see them serve, I, I kind of feel like, oh, oh, no. Like, I love them. I'm just like, oh, how can I serve you? How can, how can I help you? you? They are the true breadwinners. They are the true breadwinners for the kingdom of God. And yet that's what God, that's what Christ calls all of us to. You feed them. You feed them. I mean, guys, if the Ellison family doesn't have an excuse to serve, to not serve, I know I don't have one. No way. So, folks, will you make yourself available for God's purposes, for faith sized miracles. Forget about ability for a second. We can put you in the right spot. We will train you. But will you make yourselves available? Will you even just say, okay, here am I. Use me. Will you make yourselves available? Or are you just sort of, you know, waiting for the Super Bowl? Are you just waiting for that big moment? Now, now, now look, okay, talking about availability, ability. I've made myself available to the worship band all these years. Okay? <laughs> Now, somehow, for whatever reason, I don't understand, but they keep telling me, no, 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 we got this, Pastor Tom, we got this. I think the roadies need some help. Okay, I, I just, okay, so I, I get it, okay? Yeah, there are some spots where ability comes into play a little bit more. But again, we will work with you guys. We will work with you. Just make yourselves available. Would you make yourselves available? And together, let's watch God actually multiply the bread over and over and over again so that everyone can have their full. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.